We're in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start reading verse 8. If you'd follow along in your Bible while I read, that would be great. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, awake sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. One of the great pictures, metaphors, if you would, in the Word of God is this picture of light and darkness. And maybe the best way I can explain, I think, what Paul's trying to get here is tell you a story from my old days. I've, I've shared it in the past, but uh, I wanted to kind of come back to it. I, many of you don't know, I was a youth pastor, right? So working with junior hires, middle schoolers, they call them today. We call them junior hires, right? Uh, then high schoolers. And in the fall of every year, we would try to do things that, you know, kind of went with some of the, the fall festival pieces, right? Where people like to be scared, people like to be spooked a little bit. And uh, our church had, we called it a camp. It wasn't a camp, it was farmland pretty much, about 100 acres, about 30, 40 miles away. I had some woods and rivers, and, and, but more than anything, it had a pavilion. And it was about 100 feet long, about 40 feet wide, and we would go out there and do things. Well, one year, we decided that for the fall, end of October thing, we were going to do a maze. Have any of you ever gone through a maze? right? You, you go in, it's got all kinds of, you can go this way, you can go that way, um, and you try to make your way through. But, but the cool thing about our maze was that though it was going to be pitch black. I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere to begin with. You're under a pavilion, but we started with uh, black plastic. You know that plastic, like when you go to do your yard and they tell it Put it down before the rock, you won't get any weeds, and then the rest of your life, the weeds grow through it, and it's always in your way. That black plastic, right? About 12 feet high, and we, we made the maze with black plastic so that there's going to be no light getting in. Then we lined the sides of that with hundreds of bales of hay right? Because when it's black, when there's no light, when you're in complete darkness, you have to feel your way along, right? So you would feel the, the hay bales. And, and of course, there's, you come to forks in the road and you could go down this way and it could be a dead end and possibly like, you know, you're feeling your way around a bowl of noodles that might feel like worms. Who knows, you know? Or uh, maybe a... a, a Maybe a, uh, a little bit of a jar with uh, grapes that have been peeled might feel like eyeballs. You know, it, it's just, aren't you glad I was never the youth pastor here, right? I would have been fired so fast. I would have fired me, right? But that's what we did. And then and, and, and the, the kids loved it. It was a big, big event. And so, and, and the thing is, if you turn the light on in the pavilion, you know, making it through the maze was piece of cake, right? You could look down, oh, it's a dead end, and there's a bowl of eyeballs down there, right? Uh, and so you would go a different way. 
But when the lights were, I mean, it was just pitch black. You couldn't see your hand right here. And so you had to feel your way along. And so we, we did this maze. We had, a, I remember, of 120 or so high school students. And, and once they made it through the maze, we had a, a fire and we were going to make in s'mores. And so and we had to add something to the woods and they would end up at the maze and, and go through. And, and, and we're sitting there and we're as sponsors around the fire. And all of a sudden we kind of noticed that there are no high schoolers with us. We thought, well, that's odd, you know, because they're slowly going through. And so we begin to check out what happened. And there's a sweet young lady in my youth group by the name of Samantha. And she had gotten actually through to the end of the maze and thought, wouldn't this be funny if I went back and told everybody this was a dead end? So there is 120 kids, high schoolers, in the midst of this pitch black, feeling their way along with nowhere to go. And at some point in this, this thing, this maze, two weeks to build this thing, somebody in the middle, I never found out who that was, got spooked. And they decided they were going to get out. That's the beauty of black plastic and hay, right? You can get out if you need to. And in about 45 seconds, what had taken us two weeks to build was completely destroyed, right? But the point is that in darkness, you can't see. You don't know what reality is. You don't think there's anything there. And then boom, right? Have you ever been staying at somebody's house, right? You, you're out visiting. And, and so you're spending the night. And it's the middle of the night. And you need to go to the bathroom. But you don't want to turn on the light. And you think that there's a door there. But there's not. And you kind of stumble. Or maybe you think there is no door there. And there is, right? Because you can't see. You're feeling your way around. Well, that's the picture. The world, apart from Christ, lives in darkness. It doesn't know what reality is. What, what is the true meaning of life? What brings real peace and security and significance? Those things. And so what it does is that it, it kind of feels its way around. It's trying to find reality. Paul put it like this in Colossians chapter 1. He says, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his son. I think Paul even explains it a little bit better in 1 Corinthians when he's talking about the natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. They're spiritually appraised. They're, they're ignorant. They're, they're groping around in the darkness. And, of course, if you ever study world history, you realize that every two to three hundred years, you know, there's like a, a major shift in the philosophy of how people live their life. Why? Because they're groping in the darkness. They're trying to find meaning. They're trying to find stuff that makes sense. They're trying to find purpose. And they're just groping around in the darkness. Well, Jesus came... And Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one who made us. He's the one who wired us. He's the one who knows our heart. He's the one who says, I came to give life and to give it to the fool. That's what we've been talking about this entire series. He is the light. In fact, one of the great I am statements of, of Jesus in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. You want to know what this world's all about? You come to me. 
I made it. I know what brings peace. I know what brings contentment. I know what brings significance. I know what brings that sense of security. I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And what Paul is reminding us here in verse 8, but you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Because we are in Jesus, we have become light. It's, and notice, it's not just simply that we have the light, that we have Jesus, and it's not just simply that we can see because we're in the light, but we are actually our light. Why? Because we're a new creature in Christ. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The Holy Spirit now comes and lives within us. We are light. We we understand what what this world is really about. We understand that the pieces of the God loves us. We we understand how salvation works. We understand that this world is, is not permanent, but it's temporary. And what Paul says here is this. Though you were formerly in darkness, now you're children of the light. Walk. Walk in that wisdom. Walk in the light. It's children of light. We know truth. And that is what we're to live. We, we understand that this world is not our home. We understand there is one way of salvation. We understand that living for the things of this world. You know what Jesus said, you know, don't lay up for yourself treasure here. Why? Because it all gets corrupted. You live for that day. We know the truth. And what we need to do is we need to live in light of that truth in our lives. That's what sets us apart. We no longer need to grope along in the darkness following all the, you know, the cultural pieces of, oh, this will, this will bring life. This will, um, will bring a sense of peace and purpose. No, no, no. We know what will. We are in the light we are light ourselves because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And I was thinking about all the things, the pieces of light that run countercultural to the darkness of our world and what the world tells us. And I thought, man, we could be here all week. So I tried to narrow it down to maybe the five pieces of basic truth about life that you and I understand because we know Jesus about what life really means and what causes it to really count and what brings the thing that our soul. And so here are these five things. Number one, and the first one is really simple. It's just that we understand that there is only one savior, right? There's only one way of salvation. As Peter put it in, in, in Acts chapter 4, there's no salvation in anyone else, or there's only one name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The reality is, is that our world groping around in the darkness, trying to find all these different ways to God, right? If you're just sincere, Or you just try to help your fellow man. You just try to live your good life, right? But it was Jesus that said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way. Because there's salvation only in one. And that is the person of Jesus. 
So you and I have a mission now to take that good news, that, that important news to everyone, that they can have life, but it's found in Jesus. He's already done the work. The second basic truth that we find is that the Bible is the ultimate truth. I mean, everything, everything that is in here, you remember what Jesus said about this? He said, the heavens and the earth will pass away before one of my words, before one, one dot on an I, one cross on a T will fail. This is the word of God. This, this is truth. This is the way to live. You, you want to live in a way that brings peace and meaning and purpose to your life? Then listen, that's really what we've been talking about, right? Put all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice, put it away from you, right? Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Walk in love, be an imitator of God. This is all truth, it's life. It's what speaks to your soul because the creator has told us. Number three is that this world is not our home, right? Life is but a vapor. A vapor. It's here for a short time. And uh, the more mature I get, the more I understand that, right? It just seems like yesterday when, you know, life is, uh, you know, we just had our daughter get married, and she got married on the same stage that Tammy and I got married on, right? And it seems that I'm up there marrying my daughter. It felt like we, Tammy and I were just standing there. In fact, she looks just as cute today. In fact, I think a little cuter she did it on that day, right? Man, 30, 31 years like that. In fact, I heard somebody put it like this. It says, you know, life's like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. And I thought, I kind of like that. Sadly, I'll never be able to use that in a sermon, but uh, that was, it's good. It's it does. Yet, what's, what's the world's philosophy today? YOLO, right? You only live once. No, 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 no. You're going to live again, right? There's all of eternity out there. That's why Jesus said, don't lay up for yourself treasure here. Lay it up in heaven, right? Because there's all of eternity and what you do here matters and it counts and it gives you a sense of purpose. And we have an eternity placed in our heart for how we were created. And so we are called to live for eternal things. We understand that one day we're going to stand before the Lord. And we talked about it last week and receive a reward. It matters. This world's not our home. This world's not our home. We're here living on mission. Number four, sin always, and I wish I could have put always 18 times, always, always, always devastates and destroys. You know, we've been using that verse out of John 10.10. 10. Jesus said, I came to give life and to give it abundantly. You know what the first part of that verse is? The thief... The enemy, Satan, he comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what sin does every single time. It creates brokenness. 
it, it, it robs us of what our heart really wants. We're, we're back in the darkness and it never promises what, what it offers. Oh, there might be that momentary, uh, but man, the aftermath, the, the afterglow of it is horrendous. That's what sin does. So one of the first verses that my, my mom taught me when I was a little guy, right? I got to learn scripture was Numbers 32, 23. Be sure your sin will find you out. It's truth. Why? Because it goes against what we were created for. Takes us out of alignment. And lastly, the following Jesus with all your heart. Holy following after the Lord. It's the very best way to live. It's the very best. I mean, it's really what we've been talking about this entire series. You want to live a better life? Follow Jesus. Follow him totally. He's the one that made you. He's the one that wired you. He's the one who, who knows what brings that sense of satisfaction. And as I was sitting there processing through this this week, I couldn't help but think, you know, that's all, you know, that's all nice. You know, you the people this weekend are going to sit there, they're going to smile. Some are going to say amen. They're going to say, yes, that's right. Because it's really comfortable where we are today. But I couldn't help but think of our brothers and sisters in Christ in Afghanistan. Many of whom are going to see Jesus face to face on the other side of a gun barrel or at the end of a rope within the next couple weeks. And what I want to tell you is that the light works for them just as much as it does for us. There is one way of salvation. They know it's about Jesus. There's no other way they can turn. It's about Jesus. They know that he's promised to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. That this life, when it is over, is, is not the end. It's actually a promotion into the presence of God. They're the ones that understand this is ultimate truth. And so they will stand bravely, walking as children of light. Even when it calls for them to run and to hide. Or when it calls them. To stand and to become the martyr. And the thing is, folk, is I think it's really easy sometimes for us to say, okay, if I'm standing on the other side of a gun barrel, or they're putting the rope around my neck, and it's deny Jesus or die. I think it's kind of easy at points for us to say, oh, you know what? We would stand strong. We would pay the ultimate. We would never deny our Lord. So to me, it begs the question in my life and in your life, begs the question for all of us, then, why is it so hard for us when there's no gun barrels and ropes 
No jails waiting us for us simply to walk as children of the light. To walk in the reality that there's one way of salvation. That my neighbors, if they don't know Jesus, are going to hell. I got to tell them. To live in light of, of God's truth, that we believe this to be the ultimate truth. So why is it so hard for us to, to do what he's told us to do? To live as though, you know what, this world is not my home. That we don't have to live in fear because we know that even if I were to go home today, that man, that's going to be a better day. That sin always devastates and destroys lives. That following Jesus is the best way to live. And so that we're all in. As I thought about our brothers and sisters in Christ, there in Afghanistan, I couldn't help but think of that verse in Revelation chapter 12. And of course, it's talking about the tribulation time. But this is what it says about them. It says, and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb, because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. What about us? Walk is children of the light. Folks, that's when we live in balance. In fact, did you notice he says you formerly were in darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. That's who we used to be. Why is it that we keep going back and living according to what our culture tells us and this world tells us instead of living as children of the light? I don't have much time, but he describes what that will look like in our life in verse 9. And 10, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. The fruit of the light, goodness, right? Our God is good. So if we walk his way, there's going to be goodness. I, I think that's the heart of what we looked at in chapter 4. But all bitterness, wrath, anger, you know, those are cancer. So put them away. Be kind, tender-hearted. It's 1 Thessalonians 5. See that you, no one repays evil for evil, but always seek that which is good for another person. Right? Put others ahead of yourself. Righteousness, that we walk in righteousness, that we walk in a way that is honoring to the Lord. For he who has called you is holy, so be ye holy. Truth. Truth. We're people of our word. Yeah, I think that's a part of it. Let me suggest a little bit more. I think when it talks about all truth, I think it means that we're we live authentic, and we live transparent. Hypocrisy. I'm sure you know this, but if you ask people who maybe at one point attended church and they don't today, do you know what the number one reason across America as to why they don't attend church anymore? The hypocrites. Right? People who showed up, expressed their children of the light on a Sunday. And for their six and a half days, didn't always live that. 
truth. You were formerly darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Uh, proving what is honoring to the Lord. I like that. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord as we study his word. How do, how do we live it? Let me, let me finish with this thought. The antidote. The antidote to darkness is light. Now, I'm not a scientist. I'm not into all of this, but I, I picked up on this years ago, and I believe it's to be true. Light is a thing. You can turn the lights on, and you can turn the lights out. Darkness is not a thing. Darkness is simply caused by the absence of light. What I see is that many of us are moaning and groaning and frustrated and and, and angry, and I I get it, with the darkness that is enveloping our, our country and our culture. I get it. It grieves my heart too. But the question becomes, why is the darkness enveloping our culture? Could it be that just simply that we who are children of the light are not living as light? That we're not living in truth? That we're not living as though Jesus were the only way of salvation? That the Bible is the ultimate truth? That this world is not our home? Could it be that we don't live as though sin always destroys, that sin always corrupts? That somehow we think there really is, if in reality, there really is a better way than to live fully, wholly committed to following Jesus? Folk, I think someplace along this line, we, we got to look at ourselves. I have to look at myself. We have to look at ourselves as, as the church. Light is the antidote for darkness. How do we live and walk as children of the light? Can you imagine what might happen in Goodyear, Litchfield Park, and Avondale, and Surprise, and Waddell, and Buckeye, and this whole area? If all of us who were formerly in darkness but are now light in the Lord, lived as children of the light. What God may do. That's what Paul says. You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light.